Hello, my name is Hunter. We're welcome back to uh, the, what is it, seventh episode of Finding New Films? We got our fucking logo up now. F- say shit to me, bro. Swear I to mean, God, fuck with me. It looks clean as hell. Fuck with me. I got yeah. David here. Uh, David is one of my best friends. He's one yeah. of my best friends for almost ten years now at this point. Um, wow. 2014, right? Yeah. Yeah, crazy. Uh, you have anything to say, man? Um, so grateful to be on the podcast as another cute crew guest. Um, I'm really excited about this film and talk more about it. I am too. I we've uh, David got here like two hours ago, and we have been like um, like pre coming about this movie yeah, uh, yeah. for like you know. Yeah. Almost an hour now. I should change my pants. Yeah, I, they're pretty wet. I, I've, cha- I've changed mine. Um, benefits of filming at your house, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, we're we you know, I I really really enjoyed this movie um, in a very sadistic way. Uh, this movie's like we were talking about it. This movie's fucking devastating. Um, if you're not keyed in already, if you haven't read the title, if you haven't. Watch last week's episode. Go watch it. Go watch last week's episode. What are you doing? Why are you here? Um, but if you've watched this movie and you enjoy it, uh, you know, welcome. Uh, if you're watching this on the day that it releases, happy Valentine's Day. Oh, um, yes. Would you like to say happy Valentine's Day to anyone? Um, Julian, if you're watching, happy Valentine's Day. Aww. Uh, I love you. Hmm. That's so cute. I want to shout out my uh, uncle, um, Richard, uh, my dad, um, David Sr. Thank you guys for watching. I'm sure they are. I'm yeah. sure they are. Well, uh, thank you for the Atik family for watching this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we watched the movie Apocalypse Now. We're finding new films and we found Apocalypse Now. Um I don't know how grateful I am for having found that movie, but uh, it's a good movie. <laughs> yeah. Good movie. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. The morality of this yeah. movie is a little unhinged. It is, yeah. I, I was surprised, like, not surprised, but I was just like, how old it is. Yeah. For what, 1979 yeah. it was filmed? Um, so, like, Korean War. Or Vietnam War right. ended like seventy five, right? Something like that. Yeah. So this is it. this is like filmed and sh- shot out like shortly after, within the decade. Right. So it's just it is wild to, to like see that. Time. Yeah. I mean, everything is fresh in the mind. Yeah. I right. Mean, like it's. Yeah. I mean, you could very easily have Vietnam veterans in this movie. You know? Yeah. I'm sure there are. Yeah. Uh, with the amount of Vietnamese people they use for this movie, I'm. Sure, some of them were in those uh, in those trenches, so right. seeing all that was uh, was a bit, you know, jarring in itself. And then knowing when this movie has come out, I mean, like the scale of this movie yeah. is absolutely insane. insane, right? I I have a note in here that's yeah. like, I, I want to know the pyro budget for this fucking right? movie. Yeah, it's insane. It feels yeah. like every 10 seconds there's an explosion or yeah. shots fired or fire 
anything, any of those, you know, yeah. crazy elements. I mean, it's just like it's such at the forefront. I will say, like, I feel like no other movie can compare to this in terms of like action, like no. nonstop action, right? And just like, like the pyrotechnics, the yeah. fucking explosions. Maybe the budget... maybe Saving Private Ryan, but that's it. Yeah, I thought the budget for this movie was like. A hundred million. It's like yeah. thirty-five million. Like I mean, yeah. I don't know if that's in counting inflation, right. but this shit is crazy. Uh, yeah. Absolute cinema, uh, yeah. just ab- cinema experience. Uh, even watching it in my house, I feel like I'm having a cinema experience. Yeah, because the s- score of this movie is incredible too. Of like the sound yeah. is just incredible. Love that, but um. Yeah, those are our initial thoughts. Normally, yeah. I, normally we gotta lead into that, but boy, this movie just starts. This movie it just does. goes, yeah. and from the fucking start, from the it, the second yeah. minute of the movie, you're just glued in. It drew me in like it's super immersive from start to finish. Yeah, yeah. I've heard, I've heard, um guys that do like movie podcasts now i'm not going to specifically name any names because it's not necessary but yeah um just talking about how movies back in the day is just just like it put you in this world that you didn't know anything about and like you would explore that world and that was the movie is of you exploring this world you had no clue of uh and this movie definitely fulfills that prophecy of being like god damn this yeah. shit is just potent it's just potent yeah um, but yeah um i think we should still go ahead and get into like the credits and the, the plot yes. and then we can get into our our real thoughts because i feel like we're getting our we're chopping on at the bits we are <laughs> to get into the plot yeah so i'm gonna get through this pretty quickly i'm gonna at least try to Runtime of this movie is 147 minutes. Uh, it's double written. Uh, the writers of the movie are Francis Coppola and John Milius. Uh, it's directed by Francis Coppola. It is scored by Francis Coppola and his cousin Carmine Coppola. Um, and the camera work is done by Vittorio. Vittorio so, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, I'll try that again. Yeah, Vittorio Storaro. Uh, this movie is narrated by Michael Herr. It's not even Martin Sheen. Uh, this movie is narrated That's by wild. Michael Herr. Um, and it stars Martin Sheen, Marlon Brando, Robert Duvall. The rest of the cast is filled out by Lawrence Fishburne, Dennis Hopper, Frederick Forrest, Albert Hall, and Sam Bottoms. Okay. Yeah. So now the plot. Uh, we got about five or six paragraphs to read, so I'll get through this quickly. The plot is as follows. During the Vietnam War, U.S. Army Special Forces Colonel Walter E. Kurtz has apparently gone insane and is waging a brutal guerrilla war against NVA and PALF forces without permission from his commanders. At an outpost in Cambodia, he commands American uh, Montegard troops who see him as a demigod. Burnt-out MACV SOG operative captain... Benjamin L. Willard is summoned to I-Field Force Headquarters in Natrang. He is ordered to terminate Kurtz's command with, quote, extreme prejudice. Uh, Ambivalent Willard joins a U.S. Navy River Patrol boat 
PBR commanded by Chief Petty Officer Phillips with crewman Lance Chef and Mr. Clean to quietly navigate the Nung River to Kurtz's outpost before reaching the coastal mouth of the Nung. They rendezvous with the 1st Squadron, 9th Cavalry Regiment, a helicopter-borne air assault unit commanded by Lieutenant Colonel Bill Kilgore, uh, to discuss safe passage. Kilgore is initially uncooperative as he's not received a word about their mission through the normal channels, but he becomes more engaged after discovering that Lance is a well-known surfer. <laughs> <laughs> the commander is an avid surfer himself and agrees to escort them through Nung's Viet Cong-held coastal mouth. The helicopter squadron playing Ride of the Valkyries on the speakers raids at dawn with a napalm strike before Kilgore can lure Lance out to surf on the newly conquered beach. Willard gathers the sailors sailors to PBR to continue their mission. Tensions arise as Willard uh, believes himself in command of the PBR, while the chief prioritizes routine patrol operatives over Willard's, slowly making their way upriver. Willard partially reveals his mission to the chief and assuages uh, his concern about why the mission should proceed. As Willard studies uh, Kurtz's dossier, he is struck by his mid-career sacrifice Kurtz made by leaving the prestigious Pentagon assignment to join the Special Forces, with no prospect of advancing beyond the rank of colonel. At a remote U.S. Army outpost, Willard and Lance seek information on what is upriver and receive a dispatch bag containing official and personal mail. Unable to find any commanding officer, Willard orders the chief to continue. Willard learns via the dispatch that another MACV SOG operative, Special Forces Captain Richard Colby, was sent on an earlier mission to identify... Sorry... This earlier mission identical to Willard's and has since joined Kurt's fire or Kurt's Lance. <laughs> Wait, what the <laughs> fuck? Sorry. Did you type earlier? This no, this is from Wikipedia. Oh, uh, sent, <laughs> sent on an earlier mission identical to Willard's and has only since yeah. joined Kurt's. Lance activates a smoke grenade while under the influence of LSD attracting enemy fire and Mr. Clean is killed. Further upriver, Chief is impaled by a spear thrown by mounted guards and attempts to kill Willard by impaling him on the spear point protruding from his own chest before Willard subdues him and actually kills him himself. Willard reveals his mission to Chef, who is now in charge of the PBR. The PBR arrives at Kurtz's outpost and abandoned Angkor Empire Temple compo- compound, teeming with mounted yards and strewn with corpse-severed heads. Willard and Chef and Lance are greeted by an American photojournalist who praises Kurtz's genius. They encounter a near catonic Colby. Uh, Willard sets out with Lance to find Kurtz, leaving Chef with orders to call and in, in an airstrike to the outpost if the two do not return. In the camp, Willard is bound and brought before Kurtz in a darkened temple. Kurtz places Chef's severed head into Willard's lap, preventing the airstrike. Willard is released, and Kurtz lectured him on his theories of war, praising the ruthlessness of the Viet Cong. Kurtz discusses his family and asks that Willard tell his son about his death. Uh, that night... Uh, tell sorry Willard tell his son about him after his death his his whole life not just him uh, that night as the mounted yard ceremonially slaughter a water buffalo Willard attacks Kurtz with a machete mortally wounded Kurtz utters the horror the horror and dies all in compound see Willard departing carrying a collection of Kurtz's writings and bow down to him 
Willard gathers Lance, boards the PBR, and heads back down the river, away from the leaderless mountain yards. And that is Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Alright, that's it, guys. I mean, no, no, it's good. Uh, oh, that's that just, is such I, a mouthful, but like the movie is long as hell, but it doesn't really feel like drawn out because, like we said, there's action. Literally, every frame, every scene, there's shit blowing up. There's like, you're on the edge of your seat, like, holy shit, is someone gonna die? Um, at every turn. At every turn. Yeah. And it never, ever, ever. Um, puts forth the idea that somebody's about to die in that moment. It just doesn't telegraph anything. It, it's it's so great. Um, yeah. Yeah. What were your immediate reactions after finishing the movie? After finishing it, honestly, uh, it felt like a fever dream for like a war like Arab like movie. Um, I mean, like the. Most recent like war movie I've seen, we saw it together. Is Dunkirk, right? Yeah. And that movie, it's like straight up war and like what it's about, and you know, in the action. But Apocalypse Now, it's it transcends like genres. It's not just a war oh, movie. No. It's it's a horror. It's a thriller. Yeah. It's mystery, right? Yeah. It's oh, no. it's insane. Yeah, the movie. Yeah. The movie has no genre, and yeah. it, you know, knowing who Francis Ford Coppola is, you know, with The Godfather, Godfather I mean, yeah. yeah, it's just like he, you yeah. know, the man when he writes, he just simply transcends genre with the way that he writes and the humanity with which he writes. Love it, love the guy. Um, I, I, it makes me want to watch The Godfather, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, watching right? this movie. He's just like, damn, I really, yeah. I really want to see The Godfather again. And and that's a three hour movie, so yeah. that's that's pretty crazy. And he was like a kind of like a sole proprietor yeah. for this movie, right? Oh, he for like, sure. Producer, producer, writer. Yeah, sorry, producer, co-writer, director, yeah. co-score. He did he did half wow. the composing. Yeah, he had that vision, and he was like, "Fuck it, I'll he do knew, all the parts of the movie." He knew exactly what he yeah. wanted for this movie. Yeah. Everybody wants did, to talk about auteur did, directors, yeah. like people who fully understand their vision i mean you can't more that's, fully understand your vision than yeah. producing directing writing and scoring the movie that's wild he didn't serve a nom did he <laughs> I, I, you, you, you this movie would make you think so right i mean genuinely yeah. i have no clue and yeah. but this movie would make you think so yeah. um i mean we gotta talk about like location filming right like oh for sure you felt like you were in Vietnam, no, right? Definitely. Like, like there was no way that there's no part of this movie that's filmed in Vietnam. Yeah. And I, I haven't done any research to confirm or deny, but yeah. like there's it wouldn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> it really wouldn't matter if I've done any research because you feel like you're there. Exactly. But So it makes it so yeah. immersive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean like it's it's incredible. Yeah. Um I have to burp. Oh. want to talk <laughs> yeah so i guess we can talk about like opening scene um, yeah martin sheen right you have the score yeah which coppola yeah right <laughs> put in for this film it just immediately like what the fuck is happening yeah you see coppola looking up at the ceiling fan yeah and, you know it's humming you have immediate like 
holy shit, like, Sue does PTSD, like, it's just a ceiling fan, but right. he hears a fucking um, helicopter yeah. blades, like, running, like, poof, 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 poof. The, the, I loved, yeah. I have that as one of my notes, is, like, yeah. the rotor throughout the whole movie, just yeah. having a helicopter rotor, yeah. and, and that having that ground you in the, the main character's PTSD. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. so good. It's so yeah. good. And it's like, yeah. it, it tells you so much that whoever wrote this movie had exactly what they wanted in their mind. Right. Because it's from the get-go that yeah. you hear the rotor noise, and it persists until the very end. I mean, what better way to, like, write a war movie with, like, starting off with PTSD? Yeah. Of, Especially yeah. Vietnam and yeah, grounding right? it with helicopters. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like it's it's helicopters made Vietnam. Like, yeah, right. That was like the big innovation in that era. So, yeah, like grounding the movie in helicopters specifically was so cool to me. Yeah, yeah. I just I loved how it started off. Like the you, fir- the, the yeah. very first images of the movie, yeah. you are watching the dust unsettle. Yeah, you from like the that? bombs. Yeah, I love that shit. Like warfare. the the helicopters like yeah. landing or pushing the dust yeah. up into the air. You literally watch the dust unsettle, and then the whole movie just yeah. fucking crescendos from there. Yeah, right. I love that shit yeah. so much. I'll um, say what made it like for me so immersive was. He was saying the opening scene of Martin Sheen. It basically, like, it, it's... The scene is just him, like, being insane, right? Yeah. Like, no, I mean, he's just absolutely yeah, PTSD he, unhinged. He's yeah. just, like, drinking up late at night. He, like, trashes his whole room. He, um, fucking punches the mirror. And then his hand's bleeding and just, like, he smears it on himself. Yeah. And, yeah. And he's, like, thinking about, like... His mindset's like in a war mindset. And he's just like, you're just in a room chilling. Yeah. Like, bro, get breakfast or something. <laughs> you don't yeah. need to be like... He was like... He said it's like, the, I feel the walls getting smaller on me. Right. While I'm in here, Charlie in the bush is getting stronger. And I will say this. From, I don't know... What is Charlie? <laughs> Who is the Charlie? Viet Cong, the North, the Viet Cong. North, North, okay. North Vietnamese people. Because in this movie, Charlie... Is name dropped a lot, and it's like <laughs> Charlie. Charlie's oh really here. God, I must yeah. have been. I must have been like completely, yeah, like disorienting yeah. from your perspective. <laughs> I wanted to look it up. Like, who the fuck is Charlie? Is he like some great? So boss? the the Viet Cong, the yeah. Viet Cong in military language, Victor Charlie. Yeah. So they called him Charlie. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just, it's just the yeah. way they would call out Viet Cong because it's yeah. VC, and then. In their language, it's Victor Charlie. Okay. So they would just call him Charlie. Charlie or random racial slurs. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've heard, I heard like five or six in here that all <laughs> refer to Vietnamese people. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that's the time. I mean, yeah, this movie isn't very inclusive, um, as we'll get into. There's probably a lot of shit that's in this that wouldn't be shown or like in yeah City. probably yeah i mean you know who knows i mean i you know that's all a different discussion for a different day, but <laughs> yeah you, you know I, I, this movie for what it is i enjoy it um you know we, we watched taxi driver on the first episode and um 
there were some really disparaging things said about black people in that episode, in that yeah. uh, in that movie. So, um, you know, yeah, glad Daniel was there to, <laughs> to you know respond to that type of yeah. stuff, but it has some inclusiveness, right. Yeah, in to give podcast. it a little bit of like, okay, yeah. you know, uh, it's it's it, we understand that it's a relic of the past. And I think I can appreciate it. I for sure can appreciate it for that. Um, and also, I said opening scene, he's on Saigon, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not and, even and, a war and, in Saigon. Saigon is South Korea. Yeah, right. South Saigon Vietnam. is no more after yeah. the war, right? Yeah. So I thought I thought it was just like a cool like history piece, like you know Saigon uh, after the war has ended. North Korea took over. And, At least I think. We're not going to speak in absolutes. I have yeah. no idea. But yeah, Saigon? I think. I, I have no. Oh, you did. I, I did. Because I was okay. like, Saigon? Like, I have never heard of that before. Yeah. I've, heard now, of, I've heard of Pyongyang. Yeah. Now it's it's like a three-word like city, like Oni something. Ho Chi Minh? Maybe. Okay. Yeah. I but I thought it was interesting. And then, yeah. and then you know, um, he's in his room, trashes right. it, and the right. soldiers come up. And they don't give a fuck about the, the way they like, throw him in the shower. Right? It's just like, that, okay, buddy. That looked real because, like, I don't know if anyone watching has taken a cold shower, but once you get under that water, you literally will like, like scream. <laughs> and in that scene, he it looked real. Like he looked like discomfort, uneasy. I'll, I'll add this. Yeah. Uh, my uh, Chris was here. Our, one of our friends, Chris, was here last night. We watched a movie. We watched I Love You Man together. Uh, nevertheless, he was telling me about Apocalypse Now because he had seen it before and he told me when he punches that mirror... It looked real. That, that was real. Yeah, well, He split real. his hand open. Yeah. No, he's, he's like, it was full Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio and Django. He split his hand yeah. open. And, like, when he rubbed yeah. it, that was real blood. Like All he, that was real. You couldn't tell. Like, and when he, that when he was got in put in that cold or, shower, yeah. that was real blood. Yeah. And he was, like, re- reacting to his yeah. wound being put in the shower. That's the thing about this movie. You can't really tell, like, what's in the script. Like, oh, we're going to film this scene. It kind of just looks like these actors are just doing such a great job for their roles that it's just, like, they're immersing themselves so well in method acting that it's like, fuck, like, this dude has PTSD. This dude's insane. Um, yeah. I mean, Lawrence yeah. Fishburne is 14 years old and he plays the yeah. fucking, like, the, the trials and tribulations of a Vietnam soldier with, like, a great sense of, like, childlike wonder. Yeah, right. And for who his character is, is perfect. Absolutely perfect. Yeah. And to know who Lawrence Fishburne becomes later on, you know, you you realize why. Yeah. But uh I mean Jesus. I mean if yeah. you had told me in nineteen seventy nine, oh that kid's fucking fourteen, I'd have smacked you in the fucking face. There's no way yeah, right? there's no way. Yeah. It's 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 incredible. The whole yeah. movie delivers on every piece, every section, every inch of the movie just yeah. delivers, and I love it so much. I mean, I didn't even recognize him when he was in there because he's so young, right? You yeah. think of Matrix, and he's like older. He's like, well, I mean, you even think in Matrix. I mean, the guy's only fucking what? So nineteen seventy in nineteen seventy nine, he's probably fifteen because the movie's probably been filmed for like a yeah. year before they were like doing post stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, like, he's probably 15 in 1979, so yeah. you think, what, the first Matrix came out in 99? Yeah. It's 20 years later. He's only 36 yeah. in that movie. 
and like you don't it doesn't feel like it either yeah no i mean like the guy only now is in his 50s and it's the 2020s and yeah. um yeah i just that that part of it just really that perspective of it just really just grounds you and you're like holy shit <laughs> this guy is super fucking young and then you yeah. see a young ass harrison ford before he ever really became famous yeah pre indiana jones pre episode yeah. five of star wars i mean episode two i mean yeah if you're concerned i, I was expecting him to have such a big role in the movie he literally had like five minutes of on-camera time probably. he doesn't have a name he yeah. was just the colonel he was yeah. like a colonel and, and he looks it. like a preteen. like he looks like someone who's in high school and it's crazy <laughs> think of like you're watching indiana jones or or star wars like yeah. this dude like doesn't even have any facial hair. Like, Imagine seeing him yeah. in 1977 and seeing Star Wars. Yeah. And he's the fucking, he's the savior of that movie. Yeah. I mean, at the very end. And then the, just seeing him in Apocalypse Now two years yeah. later and he's got a five minute bit roll. Yeah. It really perspectivizes what Star Wars was to the culture. And it's like, you know, nerds loved it. People who love comic books loved yeah. it. People who love superheroes loved it. Fuck if I care yeah. in the film industry. I don't yeah. like that. Doesn't give it, me shit. It felt so nostalgic for like seeing this movie the first time, knowing these actors like more so in recent time yeah. than back in the day. Right. It's just like it was cool to see like oh damn like this. This is kind of like their first like roles and stuff and yeah. Yeah. I mean, you think of it now as like Chris Evans, like one of his first roles is fucking Captain America. One of yeah. his first like major roles is like a multi, like a hundred million dollar franchise. And then he has to go and prove himself as an actor after that. Yeah. You think of it as a reverse of like, oh, you know, this guy had to prove himself as a genuine actor and then he got that big money role. And, you know it helps perspectivize the type of respect that you need to give to guys like Harrison Ford, guys like Robert Duvall, guys like Martin Sheen. I mean, yeah. fucking Martin Sheen took a heart attack for this role. He I believe it. He literally had a heart attack. Like on, on set? On the set, on production. They oh, had to wow. stop the mid, mid filming to yeah. like make sure he recovered from a heart attack. I fully believe that, honestly. Yeah, um, I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Martin Sheen again, like, so the start of the film, it's narrated, but not by Martin Sheen. You said yeah. someone else. Right? I I didn't even know that. You right? know, you could have fooled the yeah. fuck out of me. Oh yeah. my god. I, like I knew, or not knew. I suspected it wasn't him because it had such a different like, it's such a different voice and yeah. like tone, tone. intonation. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, I mean, honestly, I. There aren't too many movies now where it's like narrated like that from the get go. I mean. Like fucking Batman. That's the only yeah. movie in my recollection I've seen that's kind of narrated. And I, I thought that was cool to see, you know. It's not like a utilized um, technique or like art. Art, yeah, right? In movies where it's narrated. Because it is hard to do, but it fits this movie so well. Yeah, I, one, of my, one of my notes down at the very near the bottom yeah. says voiceover is well done and not overused, although it is frequent. Yeah. And that is a true testament. You can frequently include your voiceover, have it have it move the story along, yeah. and at the same time you can end the movie and say, "Man, I loved all the voiceover spots. I loved every yeah. part where he was voicing over like his experiences and stuff." And I mean, 
you watched last episode, I said the same thing about Ad Astra, and I didn't realize until doing research for this movie, those books were, or those movies were both uh, interpreted from the same source material. Not necessarily adapted from that book, but their interpretations of their stories are both taken from Hearts of Darkness. Um, I don't remember the author's name at, at this point in time, but, you know, it's very funny to me that, that I picked this movie. Right. Uh, and and then, then last week it has uh, yeah. like a direct correlation to the movie that, that we just watched. But, um, yeah. But the narration, like, yeah, it, um, it kind of is like foresight to the, yeah. the end of the film. So that's another thing that draws you in. It's just yeah. like, like it kind of uh, hints to like the end of the story, but you don't know what's gonna happen, right? Because he's speaking like kind of past tense, like after all the events happened, but you're watching the beginning of the film, so it's right. like, fuck, like what's gonna happen? It, it is super suspenseful. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's it, it just keeps you on the edge of your seat the whole time. Yeah, it's awesome. We're gonna hit a break right quick. We're gonna hit a very 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 quick break. Uh, I might grab another beer. We'll Same. see. Um, I think I have 20 seconds, though. So we'll see you <laughs> after the break. Um, thanks for tuning yeah. in. Oh, welcome back, guys. Uh, we're Some back. Break. We're back again. All right. Yeah. We're going to talk about our actual thoughts about this movie. We're going to really go in-depth about our thoughts. Um, you want to start off? Yeah, I mean, over, I think the last thing we yeah. ended off on, I like talking about his PTSD, like relation, yeah. like paranoia and delusions, like early on in the movie. Yeah, and, and we talked about him hitting the showers. So yeah, true. So after that, as uh, you know, he was taken in by the soldiers, yeah. and he was in the room of Harrison Ford, and. Um, what was it like the, they give the give him the orders while yeah. they're fucking eating a roast beef dinner yeah right yeah a very intimate dinner with eating, uh, eating like kings in a country yeah. that they're absolutely tearing apart <laughs> yeah right yeah it was such a funny dichotomy yeah um, and then you know they play the tape of kurtz which is like i guess the the villain or like the, you know the final boss of this movie right it's basically like yeah. feels like bowser the whole movie yeah, he does yeah <laughs> and um they play the tape and you know he's basically gone in, insane and they and then when you're watching this when i watched it it was like martin sheen like he's insane why are you guys giving him this mission right <laughs> to like go out in the fucking jungle in the middle of this war and try to find someone like of, of this caliber because he was like a like a high up like general yes yeah, CIA agent yeah, like CIA agent. marine assassin yeah and yeah. like go and and terminate him because it's all like off papers right like he's gone too far like he's not using sound methods anymore right. um so you you know we'll give you this mission and um <laughs> You know, after watching the movie, like, full out, like, you kind of see watching back that, like, they knew that he wasn't, like, some James Bond character. Like, he was right. just so insane, and he believed, like, he had this purpose, and he was just, he was like, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah and it was just I like... I have to. It's yeah, my calling. I love when they, 
when they were like playing the tape of Kurtz, like talking about the snail and the blade, he just completely zoned out and just like. He was just like out of it fully, the whole time. He fully understands yeah. the mission, fully yeah. understands what he has to do, and when he gets there, he acts like he has no fucking clue what he needs to do. Right. Um, even though when he leaves and he makes his first like contact, he knows full well what he has to do, what he's there to do, what he is tasked to do, what he knows he wants to do. And... But at the same time, he's curious because, like, he can almost relate to that person, right? Oh, for sure. Because he's just so out of it. He's just like, well, maybe I want to know, like, where he's coming from. Right. What will I do when I meet this person? My note here says, I enjoy that Sheen's character empathizes with Brando's because it makes absolute logical sense. I yeah. mean, it it, it 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 really does. I mean, yeah. you think about what you've seen in the first five minutes of the movie, and yeah. you compare that to anything that Marlon Brando's character has said to be done, and you're just like, okay, so what's 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 different yeah. about these two guys? Yeah, um, right. And it's it's so them painting that in such that way is is so cool to me. Yeah. Um, because it, it definitely it just kind of sets the scene, sets the characters. Yeah. Um, you you really have a true idea of the themes going from the tenth minute of the movie to you do. the yeah. hundred and forty sixth yeah. minute of the movie. I mean, so I mean, like Martin Sheen, like he talked about like his life in war and his life at home, and he said this line like stuck with me. He was like, "When I'm there with my wife." I'd rather be in the jungle. And then when I'm in the jungle, I'd be at home. But he said, like, he barely even talks to his wife. The only words he said was, yeah, when she gave him the, served him with divorce papers. Like, yeah. that's just clues you in on this dude's mindset right now. He's just like, he just like, he has understands, no he understands that he has yeah. sociopathy. Yeah. Like, he understands that he's borderline a sociopath. And then he. Is starting to realize that yeah. once he's in Saigon and yeah. he's like given those days where he just has to brew with his own thoughts. I mean, yeah. and he destroys his room. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and it, it does a lot that we have spent like 15 minutes on the first five minutes. Of yeah. Movie. Right. So it sets up the whole yeah. thing. So I mean, well. it really does. I mean, it, it, it really under, it helps you understand who everyone is going into this movie. It's like, the military is just his driving force. He himself is his own morality. And yet, that morality can still be tested by war itself. And that truly plays more of a, of a role in this movie than Martin Sheen even does. I mean, yeah. he's there, for sure. I mean, he, he has a great performance in this movie. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I mean, this character has more of a performance than the actor does, really. So, I, I mean, I think that's beautiful. Um, you have anything else yeah. to say about, like, the opening of the movie? Because I think we got to move on. Um, no. I yeah. mean, from the, from the opening scene, like, what you, you get from Martin Sheen's character, like, yeah. he stays like that through the entire film. Like, you're just kind of emotionless, like, sociopath, what you said, just yeah. zoned in on this mission just because, like, that's 
That's the only thing he wants to do. I mean, I mean, he, he says yeah. at the end of the movie, he's like, "No, I'm not an assassin. I'm a soldier." Yeah, and, he feels like he's and no, a and no line in the movie fully like represents what this movie is. More than that, yeah, he's he's quite literally just a soldier. Um, and we'll get to more of his emotions on that like later on. Um, yeah, I want to move on though because yeah, yeah. we've spent way too much time on this. Yeah, I want to move on. I want to say. I don't have any notes about like meeting the 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 captain of the the airborne, the airborne or anything. I yeah. like night dude is unhinged. He's crazy. Yeah. The death cards, bro. Nah. The death cards. He's just yeah. like, oh, you look like a jack of all trades. Yeah. You fucking look like an ace and ace of spades. The, when you pop that open, I thought it was like a card of cigarettes. Right. This man had cards. He's just tossing and to people. indicate who the fuck he thought you were as a person. Yeah, and like just to be like, oh yeah, no, I did that. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I like uh, it's it, that was so crazy. Um, I think it's such a great representation of like for sure Americans and war. Like we're just like out here like just shooting guns and like doing shit, like shooting the shit. Like this dude, like throughout the the movie where like you see him, he's just like. Yeah. Like, just chilling, like, just doing what he that wants guy, to that do. That guy just wants to do whatever the fuck he wants to yeah. do, and then there's a war happening yeah. outside of that. Um, it's crazy. Uh, the loss in this movie is shown in such a surreal way. Yeah. Like, loss, in general, is, is so surreal in this movie. I mean... Dude, when some of the guys from the the like the actual boat die, yeah, I feel like I've lost a family member, right? I, yeah. And like you feel so heavy, even though yeah. you've known the fucking mm-hmm. war atrocities that yeah. they've committed, you still that's, feel like God damn, that's like, he doesn't thing. deserve yeah, because the whole time you're expecting like someone to die, yeah. from the get go, right? Yeah. But they they pro, it's prolonged in the movie, so when it actually happens, it's like. Damn, like, it, war is so unpredictable. I think, it, it, like, this movie portrayed it so well. It's like, you don't know when you're going to die. You know how you're going to die. You're just out there, like, you know, using your fight-or-flight response, and you're just, like, shooting the gun, and, you know, a stray bullet or an arrow hits you, and you're you're just dead. And to speak again to Martin Sheen, like, he was unfazed out of the whole thing. Like, there could be, you know bullets blazing and and yeah. uh bombs dropping he's just like well same thing the airborne uh officer <laughs> he's just oh, like yeah. let me serve <laughs> yeah that was the yeah. craziest nah, shit it, like it, it legitimately yeah. is uh it, that uh that really 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 i have yeah. the quote charlie don't surf <laughs> <laughs> I, I i put that quote charlie in there yeah, yeah, he was like, come on, man, yeah. Charlie, don't surf. I'll fucking stay here and surf I, this six-foot wave. I don't I, give a fuck. I thought it was so funny. He was, like, fanboying over yeah. Lance. Because he was like, hi, you're Lance the surfer? Uh, yeah, Let's that, go, Charlie, and go six-foot peak. Yeah. Damn it, why don't you tell me that? And but that plays yeah. the you of, like, Americans in army or right. in war. It's like, we're the entertainment capital of the right. world, but at the yeah. same time, we're the imperialist capital of the world. Yeah. For some, for a country that broke yeah. themselves off of imperialism, we yeah. are an imperialist-ass country, and yeah. that firsthand mixed with the superficiality of the, um, 
like celebrity culture that we breed in. Yeah, it's it, it, that was so cool. I it mean, was a good representation of like yeah. what America is all about, and I like power and, that, and military. Like yeah. when he called in the um, the napalm yeah. strike, he was just like nonchalant, like. Yeah, America has way better technology. Like, fucking just call them napalm and just bomb these do. Vietnamese. And just All like, you gotta do. Yeah. Like, <laughs> All you gotta do is drop firebombs on these people and they'll just yeah. die. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. No, that's exactly what will happen. Yeah. And he doesn't care. All he wants is to make sure that he gets those six-foot waves. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the fact that he got them into the cove by tempting them to go surf, uh, it's such a, I mean, organic. Everything in this movie is so organic. If, like, you know, Martin Sheen's taking advantage of this guy's love of surfing yeah, for his own personal gain to get closer to Marlon Brando's character. Incredible. Yeah. Um, and they use fucking Ride of the Valkyries by Wagner on the, on their attack. That shit was menacing. Um, I, like, I recognize that song. Yeah. Is this, like, the first movie to da, use da, that da, in, da, like, a war da, scene? Da, da, da. I have no idea. Because, like, I, I recognize that, like, outside of any movies. And it's just so funny, like, you know, you just have these attack yeah, helicopters. That's only become the, uh, the... The like go to song when you have yeah, like right. an attack scene. Yeah, um, yeah, I love that. Uh, I hope this would be the first movie to do something like that because that would be awesome. I don't know if it is though. Yeah, um, Coppola, he was hitting it with the sound, <laughs> the fucking score. He had a few uh, uh, needle drops. He had two Doris songs in this movie, and he had uh, he had that song. So I think those were the only three songs that weren't like the score itself but the the door songs fit very well it was right at the beginning of the movie and right at the end of the movie so yeah i felt like it was done very well yeah but like i i really like at this stage of the movie you really sense a progression in like an epic like he's going through almost journeys or tales where he's meeting new characters he's progressing himself because i mean he's the main character right right and he's like he's going through these steps to find like get to his mission and it was just cool to see like he gets point a point b point c point yeah. d yeah i mean you see his whole you know uh any major arc that happens this movie is fully realized and seen um i mean you got two and a half hours to deal with here and you know i that's 100 yeah. enough and um yeah, and we, the and fact I'm, that they went back and put more into this movie yeah, right? is a little insane to me. Yeah, I mean, you, uh, you know, after watching this movie, can you imagine like fifty more minutes of like yeah. anything in yeah. this movie? Because I mean, it like there never feels like there's a lull, no. but it's like what else? Like, could you put in like no, just more? I, I literally scenes? don't. I don't know. Yeah. I I wonder that about the Redux, um, but I don't know that I'll ever watch it. I don't. Yeah. I don't need to. Like yeah, I don't. Right. I don't feel that I need to. I mean, it's kind of just like when Zack Snyder made Justice League. He's like, why is this four hours? Yeah. You know, this doesn't need to be four hours. Yeah. There's nothing that you, you could have put in here that could convince me to watch another hour of this movie. Nevertheless, you know, 
the the original movie how it is i love it um it's awesome yeah i uh I think okay. So my next my next note was that we've already talked about it. The consistent use of the helicopter sound in the score. Yeah. Uh, we talked about the rise of the Valkyries. We talked about Lawrence Fishburne being fourteen. The aerial cinematography. Crazy. It's nineteen seventy nine. We need to remember this. Yeah. We need like this. Is, this, this has to be one hundred percent considered with this movie. This is nineteen seventy nine. The amount number one, and two, the quality of aerial cinematography that they're able to get in this movie. It's insane. Unrivaled. It, it just feels like you're in the war. Like, you're you're with these helicopters, like, going to drop on the yeah. landing zone or the, yeah. like, a war zone and fucking fight. And it, it's just insane. Because, like, you think about the budget again. Like, I was thinking about the budget. Like, oh, shit must be outrageous. It's like 30 something million. I mean, we don't know again inflation, but still, that's crazy. They have these, these like time. I literally have piece. my next, my, yeah. I have one more note in between this, but I have this note. This is, I wonder what the amount of the budget was dedicated to strictly to Pyro. Yeah. Just strictly to blowing yeah. shit up. Because um, when they're filming in the helicopters, yeah. like you're, it feels like you're in there, yeah. right? I don't know behind the scenes, but like I feel like they did film it in the helicopter. There's no like I there's no way. I don't there's know. There's no CGI. There's no green. Screen. I've seen the CGI in yeah. Star Wars. That was two years before, yeah. and, and I like I've seen the original cut of Star Wars without like the added George Lucas bullshit from like the 2000s and stuff when he went and re like reanimated the movies and stuff. I've seen the original. Um, through my friend that I was friends with as a child because uh, his dad was like a super big Star Wars fan. I've seen those original uh, like effects. Knowing what's capable in 1977, knowing that they had to make Jabba the Hutt out of fucking paper mache. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's insane that yeah. this movie came out two years later. Right? Um, and you're just like, was it, was it filmed on, um, was it like film? Or like, because it, I, it has, I like, a grainy quality it where it's, like, it's, like, you can tell it's old school, but it's still, like, it's great I mean, I don't know the shots. digital, I don't even know the digital existed in 1979. I have no clue, yeah. honestly. But um, I just added to the nostalgia of it. It's just, like, you have this, like, great, like, old school film quality yeah. shots of these helicopters in the sky and these great landscapes where you feel like you're in Vietnam. Or, like, you know. Eastern, like, Asia, you know, it's, it's amazing. Like, I was, I was not expecting that watching this movie to... Me either. I, I really expected this movie to be, like, a caricature of what Vietnam was like, and... Yeah. I should have expected more from the, the director of The Godfather, but... Yeah. Who knows? Um, next note... Ooh, excuse me. Next (laughs) note I have... Oh, well, next note I have is everything being practical effects is literally blowing my mind for a film of this scale. Uh, we already touched that. I don't even yeah. think that. Like, we, that's, that's the yeah. whole, like, five minutes, last so, five minutes. So, the Realizing boat. that Captain delivering him to Brando was just as bad as Brando himself, the, the leader of the first... Uh, the first ninth division of airplanes, of, like, the, the helicopter uh, guy... Him realizing yeah. that he was just as bad as Marlon Brando. 
yeah. his character, like the big bad villain. Uh-huh. Him realizing that he was just as bad, if almost worse, yeah, than than the guy who meets at the very beginning, uh, yeah. is a great way of kind of painting, in my opinion, of like these guys don't are truly not in tune with what's going on in yeah, the world no. and they yeah. have completely lost it yeah um i mean i i think that's like great representation of like life and in, in that setting of war because you're just like it's such a great jump yeah from going to your like your like cozy american lifestyle to war where you're just like you can't forget about all your like privileges and amenities you're just like you're just some dickhead like you're just like uh imperializing or you know fighting a war you're not supposed to be in you're just like calling in these these napalm strikes and you're just shooting the shit basically and i was like damn like that that seems like what it was actually like almost you know i have one of the quotes from uh from uh sheen's character in the voiceover from when he was talking about the um, the guy, the chief, the commander that liked the, the surf so much. He says, it wasn't just insanity and murder. There was enough of that to go around. Uh, that was an incredible line. I, I felt like that just kind of really put our thoughts into perspective more than anything. Is like, these guys don't really fucking care about yeah. death or... Yeah. hardship none of that matters to them yeah it's just like i want to be doing what i want to do yeah and there there is like um one or two brief scenes i don't know if you remember like of um soldiers like in the helicopters after they um landed on the zone to surf there's one soldier who was in the helicopter and was like i don't want to go i'm not going i don't want to go i don't know honestly that i totally relate to that right because like he's He's not supposed to be there. He doesn't want to fight in this war that doesn't need yeah. to be fought in. And it's just like, it's a great comparison of like these people who are here just to like innocence versus fucking you know absolutely off the hinges. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know insanity. And I and I mean, what the next scene is the boat, right? Yeah, where we meet. Um, Fishburne and Fishburne, Fishburne and all the whole crew yeah. really. And Fishburne's I, the youngest character yeah. we see in the film and he's just so like gung ho and kind of like um youthful and and I mean, just he like out there. seventeen in the movie. I mean, yeah. It's that's more heartbreaking than anything else you ever hear in the movie. Yeah. Um Clean. Yeah. I don't know why his Call name Mr. is Mr. Clean. Clean. Mr. Clean, not the magic eraser, Mr. Clean. I mean, we don't know. I mean, uh, that's uh, true. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I honestly, I didn't have much. I think actually they met, he met the crew. They like went through the crew before. Oh, the, yeah. Uh, before they hit the beaches and like napalm the beach and stuff. Yeah. Um, the next note I have after them with that, uh, like that big beach arrival scene was um was chef seeing the tiger when he got off the yes. boat and they weren't they told him not to get yes. off the boat martin sheen vehemently tell him do not get off the boat don't get yeah. off the boat and they see a tiger yeah. 
They both get scared shitless, and I genuinely thought that was Chef's breaking point. Like I no, thought, I did too. Yeah. I thought Chef was yeah. gone after that. <laughs> yeah, right. Because I mean, that's such like a huge uh, part of the movie. I feel like like never get off the boat because you don't know what's in the jungle, right? Like I, honestly, to me, he even reaffirms and he says, yeah. "Never get off the boat." Yeah, that's never. damn fucking yeah. right. You don't know what's out there in the jungle, and for me. Being confronted by a fucking tiger over, like, getting shot and you die. Like, instantaneous death, right? But if you see a fucking tiger charging at you, you're going to get mauled to death. Like, that's scary to see that animal yeah. come at you. And it's just, like, unknown because he was going out there for mangoes. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, god damn. You don't know what's out there. And it's just, like, he's like, nope. Yeah. I don't want to do this. There's so many humans out there trying to kill yeah. him, and the fact that a tiger was almost his end is, like, devastating to him. It's like, well, fuck. I've been out here for so long. I've seen so much violence. Yeah. seen so much unhinged shit. The fact that a fucking, like, big cat was almost the, the end of me <laughs> yeah, right. is, is, like, I don't know. I think that would send me off the edge a little bit, too. Um, yeah. I mean, he, he was probably already, like, pushing the point, and that no, tiger was just like, fuck, like, I have to scare the shit out of you. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't know how I wouldn't. Um, yeah. But the next quote I have here, I have, uh, I have a quote, I, I, it's a quote from the movie. I have, the bullshit piled up so much in Vietnam, you needed wings to stay above it. Um, <laughs> and that was his thought process while he was still thinking about words or Kurtz rather and he was still thinking about everything that he's done and throughout the movie it consistently teeter-totters between him understanding where the Kurtz is coming from and at the same time not understanding at all where he's coming from he yeah. sees truly through the insanity that Kurtz has created yeah and at the same time can also empathize yeah, with right. that insanity because he level. knows where yeah. it's coming from um yeah so that, that really spoke to me a lot um the USO show was a great representation <laughs> of how yeah. animalistic war makes men yeah they were all fiending over those three playboys god yeah that that scene is almost hard to watch. I mean, it's, it is, yeah. it's like, like by the end of it, they all like just straight up want to rape. Yeah. Like all right. three of those women. They I mean, start charging the stage and like asking yeah. for autographs and shit. It's like, damn. And they start can't... fighting each other over who's going to get the yeah. women. I mean, it, it shows the nature of man. Exactly. You, just, you, yeah. don't, you don't see a woman for months and you see one, a yeah. playboy model. Yeah. And you're just like, oh my god. Yeah. Then after that, we see uh, Curtis's letter to his son um, through the voiceover. And Jesus Christ. Oh my god. That yeah. guy, he, yeah, he has to die. Like, there's just, yeah, right. there's nothing, there's no saving that guy. And, yeah. Um, and the distorted noise they play during the score whenever Kurtz is brought up yeah that like yeah 
man. It's like, uh, it, 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 it reminds me. tone for him. He reminds me of, like, almost Thanos. Yeah, like, no, definitely. Where you're like, oh my god, this yeah. guy is fucking. He kind of resembles, like, Wilson Fisk a little bit. Oh, yeah. Big bald head, dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, that puppy scene is brutal. Yeah. Oh, That's that whole scene where, like, you know, you're, you're in the boat. You know, you can only imagine, like, what's out there, and you see a person, you're still on the edge, you're just, like, that's, to me, like, that was one of the moments that stood out, because, like, you don't know if they're going to kill you, you don't know if they're innocent, um, they're just so, like, gung-ho, they'll just fucking get on their machine guns and, and kill you, and, and, like, Chef, like, is, like, basically, you know, over the edge at this point, he's, like, this is what it was, a puppy? And Lance and Chef are fighting over this fu- this fucking puppy. It's so cute puppy. The little Labrador sign. It's just so sad. Like, innocent lives. Throughout the movie, too. Like, just innocent civilians are killed I, without I, prejudice. Yeah. Like, it, it just... it. I mean, it, it, it shows, like, what war is actually like, you know? It's not just, like bad guys versus good guys where it's not like A and B fighting each other. It's like there are people in the crosshairs who have nothing to do with this. And this film portrays it perfectly where it's like there's herding their animals or farming and they're just in the crossfire. And it's like, that's so sad. Yeah, it really is. uh, They do such a good job of humanizing everyone in this movie. Not just the soldiers, not just the commanders, not just the Vietnamese soldiers, not just the Vietnamese commanders. I mean, everybody feels humanized in this movie, even the dog. Um, yeah. I mean, when that dog falls off the fucking boat at the end of the movie, you really feel for that dog. And yeah. it's, uh, I mean, you know, there was soldiers around when the dog fell off, so I'm sure that dog made its way to the shoreline. At least I very much hope so. Yeah. Uh, and, you know. Uh, that was that was one of the hardest parts of the movie. But, yeah, you know, that is what this movie is. Yeah. Um just throughout we, the whole thing, it like yeah. deteriorates almost, and yeah. like the order and like <laughs> any. Uh, yeah. Oh, is it time? Yeah, we gotta we gotta set up a break. We'll, a hold break. that thought though. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna I'm honestly just gonna switch the camera right over. We'll be right back. Yes. Um, we're gonna be right back with the end of the, our thoughts about the end of the movie. Then we're gonna talk about the themes, and then we're gonna talk about the uh, like how we rate it on our list. Uh, and then we'll be back after that. But uh, definitely stick around for that. Uh, we'll see you then. Cool. We're back for the last bit. Yeah. Uh, at the very most, it's gonna be like twenty-five minutes. Uh, but we're back nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, we're back nonetheless, bro. That fucking scene where Roach uh, pulls out the fucking China Lake, the the oh, fucking, yes. the grenade launcher, yes. and echo he... sound located. <laughs> <laughs> Dying uh, Vietnam soldier. That was insane. Uh, yeah. I said the China Lake scene made Roach look like a bad motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have, quote, uh, you know who's in command here? And he just looks down yeah. and he goes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, never reports back to him. <laughs> so that's what I was saying, like, the progression of the film, it starts out where it's, like, stable, like, you have... 
you know, commanding officers, soldiers, like a whole plan. And it gets out, it's like, it's more murky. You have this like Jack, like insane uh, airborne officer. And then you're here where there's no one commanding them. They're just, they're just fighting. Roach is like taking a nap mid floor. And just yeah. Like, and they're just like, Hey, we need yeah. your grenade launcher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like uh like I, I i love that i love yeah. that the like the further you go up and the more the captain of the boat is like hey i don't know we should be doing this yeah the more and more the the direction becomes murky for everyone yeah not even just martin sheen's character because you know his task from the second the movie starts yeah. almost um so like you put that in perspective is like okay well these guys have no fucking clue what they're even yeah. going at like they have yeah. no clue what they're driving towards but martin sheen has an idea and he has yeah. to kind of work on a fly to make sure he gets there yeah it um, makes you think like do they even send like uh an officer like commanding officer in like the front lines like in the fucking center of the war like do they just send people who are like just gung-ho fighting like you yeah. know it is and it's interesting because like you know yeah you're not gonna put yourself in danger if you're the fucking surfer airborne officer like who's just casually just having a good time yeah it's it's so unhinged yeah. this movie is just unhinged from the second it gets going and it just further unhinges itself yeah. until it's absolutely unhinged uh, and you don't even feel like you're watching the same movie at the end of it um, uh, yeah. Um, yeah I think from here we gotta talk about Clean's death scene though we do so on the boat obviously we have we have Lance Clean uh, Chef and uh, Commanding the, officer. the pilot of the boat. Yeah. Who is he? I don't remember his name. Yeah, I don't either. But basically, like, I don't know how they're surviving through all this shit. I guess they're just like, because you're not in the jungle, right? You're on the river, so like, you're kind of more low key if there's like guerrilla warfare where you're just, you know, just cruise on the river, right? And then they go uh, through shit all the time. What's his name? pops up pink uh flare or like a lance yeah lance yeah lance, lance is basically on, he's like he's, he's tripping tweaking the, he's tripping the fuck he's out he's tripping the whole time he's a surfer like he's just like he's just in his own world which we'll get into later um they got that mailbag yeah. though from the from the people when they met them at the bridge that yeah they like had the across. last outpost yeah, yeah. The, the last like american outpost yeah. before you get to cambodia they hit that bridge and um, they get a mailbag and they get um, some orders for Martin Sheen's character. And the mailbag has orders, or though sorry, Martin Sheen's character gets orders that like you know so we sent somebody else on the same mission, and mm. now he's part of the he's he's a part of the cult. Yeah, uh, and then. Otherwise, the other guys are getting like great mail from like their lovers, their family members, whoever. Yeah. And you know they're in a great mood, and then fucking dumbass Lance fucking <laughs> starts throwing like colored flares yeah. in the air, like pink flares and shit. Yeah. And he's high as hell, probably off that 
that pink fucking Damascus weed. I don't know yeah, what it is. I don't know, man. But yeah. the juxtaposition of that uh, gets clean killed because um, they get ambushed. and Yeah. The hardest part about that scene is... The tapes. This is the only part of this movie that yeah. made me cry, and I think that says a testament to what this whole scene was. You learn early in this movie, this kid's 17, you hear, personally hear his mother describing what his future will be like, describing what his future could yeah. be, describing what she wants for his future like grandkids Grand, they're gonna like buy him a, a car they're, they're when he gets back saving money to yeah. buy him a car yeah. yeah and nevertheless the visual I, you see is his lifeless body yeah. wrapped over a fucking mg yeah. machine gun it just showed how tragic war is right the fucking reaction of the captain of the because yeah, right. you understand yeah. through visual yeah. language alone yeah. that this guy sees this kid as his fucking son. Yeah, because he's like middle age, right? And you yeah. see this fresh teenager who hasn't even experienced life and he's out in a war zone and he's just, that he's look just like on youthful. His fucking face. He's a free spirit and he dies and it's like that look that right? they hold on the captain's face, man. Yeah. That will never leave me. I mean, he looks so yeah. fucking in shell shock. Yeah. That makes me sad even yeah, thinking exactly. about it. Exactly. Yeah. It makes me so sad to even think about it. Yeah. It's just, it's so sad, like, imagining you have, like, a whole future planned. Like, you know, like 60 plus years and you're not even 20 yet. And you're in this war, you're fighting for someone else. And you, yeah, and and you die tragically like that. And it's just like his mom saying those tapes, saying like everything he's gonna get when he gets home, like his future plans. It's all just like poof and thin. And air. they even build off that when yeah. the captain of the ship dies and he yeah. looks at me and goes, A spear? Yeah. He's in so much shock that something so primal was the cause of his death. Right. He's, missed, he's missed so much gunfire yeah. at this point. He's yeah. like, are you fucking kidding me? A yeah. spear is what kills me. And yeah. he lets that really, like, murk his whole morality in general. Yeah. I mean, he, he tries to pull Martin Sheen's character into the spear. Yeah, I, I when that happened, I was like... I was like, is he trying to kill Martin Sheen? Like, he just, yeah. like, he was so fed up with him, I feel like, the whole time, where he's just like, like, what am I doing this for? Like, yeah. you're technically, like, the higher-up person. Yeah. But, like, like this is stupid. Like, what's the mission here? By like, the, what by are we doing? By the end of it, he has to think, like, god damn, I, I was really just a pawn in this whole thing. Yeah. I, like, I, like what was what was my whole yeah. actual mission yeah. through this whole thing? Like, I'm just, I literally am just a pawn in this. Um, I thought it was, it was it's such a powerful enough. moment. Yeah. It's like, in your moment of death, you show so much resentment and, like, hate for, like, for a clean dying, because he, he wouldn't have said, like, that was, like, he, this aftermath, right? And he's like, fuck, like, a spear got me, like, 
what am I even doing here? And he's like trying to kill Martin <laughs> Sheen's character because like he's the whole reason why they're all there. He's they're escorting him to his mission that's classified. And you know, you look two minutes earlier and he told him he was fine. Yeah, they're just wooden sticks. Yeah. Right? Yeah, all they're trying to do is scare yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. And uh I mean I don't know. I, I think there's a good justification for why he feels the way he does. No, definitely. And um and I think that's what's great about this movie. You can kind of understand where everyone's coming from. Yeah, exactly. They all have their... I mean, even the Vietnamese. Yeah. I mean, even the, the Viet Cong. I mean, like, the Charlie in the movie. Um, yeah. You can fully understand where they're coming from. Yeah. Like, these people are invading our land. Like, yeah, right. You no matter no matter if we feel like we're communists or not, like, they are 100% invading our land. And yeah. Yeah. I... I I can't say enough about the humanity of this movie. Yeah. Um, but I feel like we do need to move on, though. Yeah. Um, so now we have Lance. So Chef, so I want to... So I feel like the next part needs to be like... Um, the USO show is funny. Uh, like, we should oh, touch on that. that was, the USO yeah. show... Like the US, I think we may have touched on it. We did. But the USO show is very funny. Yeah. Um, more than that. I, I don't want to be very funny. It's also devastating. Yeah. But uh, the movie after fucking Clean dies, yeah, that movie turns full into darkness. It does, yeah. and I justifiably so. Um, yeah, you see Clean die, you see the captain die. All you have left is Chef and Lance. Lance is still pretty despondent. And yeah. then through through the whole movie, he's despondent. Yeah. But especially in this scene, it's just like, oh my god, this guy is off the fucking hinges. Yeah, it's By like the time he... they actually get to Brando's character, yeah. you, you have to think he's gonna get sucked into it. Yeah, because he's like, you can imagine he's still like tripping off his acid Because, <laughs> you know, you get to like the temple or wherever, like, yeah. uh, Kurtz is like the like, god, right. basically, of these yeah. natives. And that was so funny. Lance was just like fully, like he just went <laughs> in. He guy. walked in and just yeah. like did what the fuck ever. He just joined the people, the clan. Like he didn't need any information, any like influence. He just joined. They like made a funny yeah. face in him. He's like, yeah, these are my people. Yeah, <laughs> I have a note that says Lance is definitely joining the cult. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's no way. Yeah. There's none in my mind. That photographer though was creeping the fuck out right that photographer did a great job he did acting because yeah. like oh my god i wanted to punch him in the face so bad. i did too yeah. oh my fucking god he was such a fanboy for like he it's not like, even that it's like the fanboy for who he's for right like, what what are you yeah. what are you diffusing what are you defending and yeah what he's defending like do you mm -hmm. know he doesn't even really yeah. know he's just like oh yeah this guy talks in poems yeah. this guy reads poems out loud yeah. that's so scary and there's, um, there's one scene where he was talking to Martin Sheen's character it's fast forwarding a little yeah. bit but Kurtz like is reading from his book of wisdom or whatever his poems are like mm -hmm. proverbs and right. the photographer is like preaching to Martin Sheen's character and 
Kurt's straight up just like, stop it, you fucking mutt, or whatever. Like, you <laughs> said, fucking like, mutt. Yeah, like, he, oh my he's God. like white knighting or You know what? I, 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 his... I've, uh, I have a thing written yeah. from that. Um, he goes, the world doesn't end with a bang. It ends with a whimper. And yeah. with a whimper, I'll find my way. And he walks the fuck away. Yeah. And that's the last you see of the photographer in the movie. Yeah. I thought that was incredible. The that's world true. does not end with a bang. It ends with it's a no whimper. Way. And he whimpers the fuck yeah. away. Uh, yeah. Incredible. That's true. But yeah, what were you saying about that? Um, basically, yeah, the photographer is sucking his dick. Riding hard. But like, as soon as you get to like where Kurtz is and like his like clan or whatever, yeah, it's just such a huge tone change in the movie that you don't really expect. Um, because like it starts off like, like the whole like three thirds is such yeah. huge war centered yeah. scenery. You just don't expect like this cultish like. Yeah, kind of and, mystery. I mean, it's the full yeah. last hour of the movie too. It is. Yeah. It's it's the full last hour of the movie yeah. is stuck with him being trapped by these people, being, you know, almost indoctrinated by these people, yeah. and fully one hundred percent controlled by these people. Yeah. Um, and on that note, like when Martin Sheen's character first meets Kurtz, I thought it was so fascinating. Like, you know, like the photographer. And, like, the, the other special ops yeah. agent who was sent on similar mission, the Sheen, um, fell, like, fell to his power persuasion. You know, when Martin Sheen's in there, he's like, well, where are you from, son? Trying to relate to him, like, you're from Ohio. Like, I know Ohio. I've been in the river. The you know river. the river? Yeah. He's, like, he's trying to, like. How far away you from the river? He's trying to, like, put his guard down, persuade him. And I, I thought that was a powerful moment because, like, I mean, in that moment, you can relate to him and be like, yeah, like, I, I know that place. But he was so determined in his vision. He was like, I have a job to do. For you to come to yeah. know who Marlon Brando's character is in this movie, he truly tries to endear himself and almost succeeds. Yeah. And that is what's scary about it. Yeah. Uh, the fact that he almost gets you to believe what he's saying is the full-on scary part of this movie. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy. I mean, the fucking scene with Chef, where he fucking drops Chef's fucking head yes. into Martin Sheen's lap. I mean, truly, 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 and honestly, I've never seen a a fucking scene more unhinged than that fucking scene right there. I've never seen... What is that? More movie recording has been automatically stopped. Why is that? Oh, Oh, no. No more storage. So, my next point, um, the part where Lance says, it's okay, and there's literally a naked body, like, hanging, and, like, doing a 180 behind him. Yes, I remember that. It really, really, really signifies that nothing is okay. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I think that's, I think that did a good job. Yeah. That was, like, one of the first things he saw, and also, 
you're like going across this temple or whatever and there's like severed heads dead bodies yeah and it's like you know you go back to the opening scene where the officer's like kurt's methods are unsound yeah. and you're like holy fuck they are, they, really uns- are. they are really unsound. They are very unsound. I don't know what he's doing, but there shouldn't be these many, this many severed heads. Yeah, no, and nowhere in the world should there be this many severed heads. Yeah. Um, my next note says, ah, there it is! From Family Guy when they, uh, when they <laughs> announce the title. If you look in the background of the natives, uh, they have one mantra, and that's Hot a pop now. now. Um, so I was like, fuck. I was like, that's Sick. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I can't. I can't disagree with that yeah. one. That's pretty cool. Um, next notice: Lance is definitely enjoying the call. Uh, next <laughs> yeah. note after that: Not Chef. Uh, yeah, that that truly was revolting. It was a twist for me, or unexpected, because you know, you, literally, he yeah. dropped the head on his fucking yeah. in his hand in his lap, and I saw who it was, and I was yeah. like, <gasps> No. Yeah. No. When, yeah. when Martin Sheen left the boat and was telling Chef, like, if I don't come back at 2200, yeah. here's the code. Yeah. Drop the bombs. I was full expecting him and everyone else on that bomb, island bomb, bomb, to die. Bomb, bomb. But they fucking went over there, intercepted him, killed him, severed his head, decapitated him, and put it on his body. Him in psychological and that warfare. was, like, one of the first times in the movie you saw his character, like, actually shocked, because that was basically the last person that he actually cared about. Yeah, I mean, Lance is just, he, he's just out of this world. Like, he's not there. Um, yeah. And you see that when he just joins a cult without any thought. Like, he just falls in and just, yeah. he's another person... That's where the yeah. uh, the world doesn't end with a bang. It ends with a whimper line comes in. Um, kind of like right after that, he's like listening to Martin Sheen's character. I don't know about it right after that, but like maybe five minutes after that, he's listening to his character, Martin Brando's character, like really talk about like the loss of war and like the casualty of war. Um, and he says the world doesn't end with a bang. It ends with a whimper after he gets fucking scolded by the... Uh, by Marlon Brando and yeah yeah and then Marlon Brando after that has the quote and he says you have the right to kill me but you have no right to judge me and that might just be the most profound thing in this whole movie yeah to me because throughout this whole movie I have had the have reserved the thought Martin Sheen is no different as a character, as a person, yeah. as a human being, as Marlon Brando's character. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it, they are yeah. the same person. They are. Yeah. And from the get-go, you get the idea that he does not see what the United States government sees in the need to kill this man. Yeah. Until he gets there. Yeah, right. And he really sees it for himself. Yeah. And he he really changes his mind after that. Yeah. Um, knowing exactly what he needs to do and yeah. what he has to do, what he eventually does. Yeah. And I love the process of having him figure that out. Because right. it's all visual. Forget yeah. a voiceover. He yeah. doesn't give anything away in his voiceover. Yeah. And if you watch last week's episode, 
y'all know the same thing happened in Astra. The guy has psychological evaluations, and he passes every one of them, even yeah. though he is full well honest with the system itself. Yeah. And they know that he's not honest. And they know that he's being honest. And they know that what he's telling is the truth. Yeah. And yet, still, they process him for a passing of the evaluation. And they allow him to continue the mission. Yeah. And that, I feel like that in Sandy, like, when uh, they show him, like, basically as a prisoner in these, like, just no room cages, like bamboo cages where he's just being fed water, like, once or twice a day probably, and rice, like... He still knows that he has a mission to do, and he's determined to do it. And I just thought that was, like, that's powerful, like, from the start. Like, he had no emotion, and got to the end, and he's just like, I'm doing this. Yeah. Uh-huh, it's like, I agree. damn. The visuals in the end of the movie are incredible. Yeah. The visuals in the beginning of the movie are incredible. The yeah. visuals all throughout the movie are incredible. But specifically in the end... The use of darkness in that movie is so well represented. And the use of half darkness, the full light, and the full darkness just paints more of a picture than anything you could have said ever well. Seeing him be the prisoner of war fully in the light. Seeing him see himself in Marlon Brando's character and be in the half light after he kills him. And then him seeing himself in the full darkness when he's about to take over that role yeah. before he actually walks away and decides that he doesn't want that. Yeah, he was looking at, like, his memorabilia and he said, like, or the the beginning of the movie, the officer is like, if you do this, you'll be promoted to, like, a high uh, commanding officer or whatever. And um, yeah. he's looking at his accolades, his memorabilia. I just thought it was, like, it's fascinating. He's like, I, I'm not even, like, in this... I'm not even in the fucking army. Yeah. I'm just... I'm like just doing... in the machine. Yeah. And, um... Can we talk about the cow? Or yeah. The... I, I have <laughs> one of the things. It's like, um... The bull? Was yeah, that they're... a real cow? That was a water buffalo. Water buffalo? I do... Did I, they I, kill that? That was, that? My, that was, in real that life? was literally my interpretation right? of it. Like, they actually killed a water buffalo. For That's what it looked like. That's genuinely so, what it looked like. Again, this movie is set in 79, and, you know, now with, like, I don't know, animal laws or whatever, or just, like, the welfare of lives in general, uh, a, a movie wouldn't kill an animal on screen. But in this movie, it looked too real. Very too real. And it just made me think, like, oh, it's too old school. Did they kill the animal? I feel like they did. And it was very disturbing and gory. And I was just, like, it added to my feeling. What did you find? Coppola defends killing live water buffalo for film. Okay. That makes a lot of sense now, because there's no way they CGI or special effect or makeup... That that that, that was my shit. you took my whole shit out of my mouth. Yeah. I that was fucking yeah. insane to me. Uh, that was the most uncomfortable I felt in a while watching a movie because it's like that animal looks like it's being killed. 
and it is. I and I I don't condone that. I mean, no. at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm beside myself right now knowing that that's real. Um, yeah. The uh, yeah, you have. I will end it with this. Um, just my thoughts about the whole shit. I have a uh, I have a note about it. Um, I said I love the side by side comparison of the bowl being struck down, knowing that it's real though. I hate it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm just gonna finish my thoughts because I need to get through this. Yeah, I've talked about this movie a little too long. Next quote says, "Quote the horror." Um, the horror. If you've seen this movie, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, in that last scene, it feels as though Martin Sheen has killed himself. The way that he reacts to it, he's so distraught by the killing of Marlon Brando's character, it really does feel like he's killed himself. Yeah. Um, the shadows are so well indicated yeah. by like how his emotions are in that point. He yeah. is the same as Marlon Brando by the end of that movie, but yeah. he just chooses to go home instead. That's really the the only thing right. that separates them from being yeah. the same person. And so uh, he, after he killed Kurtz, um, I would say that's he, his breaking point. Yeah, he he. Everyone was worshiping him. He was so like, he was time. done. He threw the the fucking machete down. He's like, I just want to go home, because he beginning of the film he said. I regret taking this mission. This is the last mission I ever want to take. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you go back at the end where he gets Lance from his fucking uh, LSD out mind. He's high, probably. And they go back home and um, they call in the strike, right? Because they showed the burning mm -hmm. temple. So everyone there is probably dead. And... He asked he's, for it too. I mean, you look yeah. in that book. He says he's like, look at my manuscript. He looks in it, and it's, it's one page is just exterminate them all. Exterminate them all. Yeah. Um, you know that Marlon Brando's character at no point has learned anything in this movie, and I, you know what? I think that is possibly the best thing that could have happened for this movie because uh, you can't endure any of these characters. Yeah. Who the fuck are you endearing in this movie? Yeah, right. None of them. None of them are endearing You're not rooting people. for anyone. At the end of this yeah. movie, and that's so interesting about this movie, yeah. you don't root for anyone. I, as much as I, I may have cried for Lawrence Fishburne, it's because of the tragedy that so happens to yeah. be his character, not because his character is so good that I'm distraught over fucking what happened. Like, it's... This movie yeah. kind of just puts you in the scenario and in the mindset of what happens happens yeah and if you're not ready for that you're not yeah. and you need to find something else to be ready for love it absolutely love it so and on that point I give getting, it we're getting to the ratings yeah I I, cho I chose this movie so I'm I feel right giving it the first rating this will be the highest ever individual rating for a movie yeah in Finding New Films History I have given this movie a 9.75 uh, oh, I put one. 1 5 I put 1 5 9.75 I 
absolutely love this fucking movie. I was going to give it a 9.5. 9.5 at Astra. Yeah. I'm so sorry. You've spent so <laughs> much time at the top. This movie, cumulatively, is a 19.25. And yet again, the, uh, the highest rated movie in... Podcast history. Uh, FNF history, man. Yeah. I, two weeks in a row. And it's so funny because these yeah. movies are, are uh, derived from the same book. They are written and adapted from the same book. And that honestly is really funny. But your new uh, FNF champion, <laughs> as of right now, is uh, is is apocalypse now. now. And I fully agree that that yeah. should be. And yeah, I don't know. It's just it has such a unique feeling that it invokes as, as a film. It has and such a unique humanity. Yeah, yeah. You just you can't compare it to like airplane yeah. or taxi driver. Oh, it just well, has so much not. more depth and and real life. Um, relatability, you know, like, this is like... I didn't think Airplane would, honestly, when I picked it, I yeah. didn't think it would it would compare to any of these movies. Yeah. Uh, whenever we watch another comedy, that'll be what it compares. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. belong in this category no, no. As, as we have picked the movies so far, but... Over the course of this podcast, we'll pick more comedies, we'll pick more silly bullshit, um, but right now, we're really drilling the, uh, the, the, this genre of serious shit that we've never seen, that we want to see, that needs to be seen, and I'll be straight up, I mean, this movie, I feel like this movie needs to be seen. Yeah. I mean. It does. If anybody wants to have an opinion on war, on soldiers, on any aspect of war whatsoever, you should see this movie yeah. and understand where this movie is coming from. Even if you don't like it, you need to understand where this movie is coming from. And, yeah, I mean, that's really all I can say. You have any yeah. closing thoughts? It's, it's not for the light of heart. I like, agree. it's It's heavy. Yes. It's a full, immersive experience. Um, I think you'll be grateful for watching this film because it, it, it's, it's very well made and thought out, and it's just a great piece of cinematography history and cin cinema history, like writing wise, yeah. cinematography, writing, action, directing, cinematography, pyrotechnics, pyrotechnics. It's costume yeah. design. Every part of this movie deserves recognition. And yeah. the fact that it nails it in every aspect um, is why this movie is number one on the, the Finding New Films list. I mean, yeah. genuinely and honestly. Um, we will find another movie that we, we agree that is better than this. With the ratings we've given, I don't know how uh, quickly that will happen. Close margin. I, Very I, thin you margin. literally almost have to be perfect yeah. to have beaten this movie. And I will say, without a shadow of a doubt, this movie is close to perfect. Yeah. And I, I truly believe that. And, and I, I... I agree. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean... 
We're finding new films. We'll continue to find them. Yeah. Uh, we'll find them in every crevice. I mean, we've every watched nook, comedies. Every comedies, thrillers, yeah. dramas, situational Dramedies, dramas. Dramedies. Yeah. Uh, romantic comedies. We'll continue to yeah. find shit in crazy crevices of the world. I'll yeah. watch sport movies. I will watch anything. We will see the movies and they will get compared. They may not be as great as this one. Because this movie is incredible. But we will find new films. This has been David. I've been Hunter. You'll see me next week in the chair is up for dispute. I have no yeah. clue. I don't know who's going to be It'll there be a new guest. We'll see, though. You'll see, and I'll post about it on Instagram. Follow us at Finding New Films Podcast, I think is the name of the thingy. Give me one second. It's, uh, <laughs> yes, it's Finding New Films Podcast on, on Instagram. Instagram. You can also follow us at the Q Crew Productions on Instagram. Subscribe to this channel. Like this video if you liked it. We put a lot into this. Yeah. Um, please comment your thoughts if you yeah. have any thoughts whatsoever. Doing the PS5 giveaway on this video or another video? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, if you uh, if you like this, please subscribe to Ex Machina. Um, if this gets a thousand likes, we'll give away a PS5. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this is parody reasons. Um, yeah, no, um, contact we'll, my we'll give away David's PS5. Yeah, for, for but it's just a PS4 with the 5 yeah, like, written no, over the, yeah. the 4. It's not actually a real PS5. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, don't get yeah. too greedy, though. Anyways... My name's been Hunter, his name's been David, we've yeah. been finding new films, we've found Apocalypse Now, we'll find another one next week. I thank you guys so much for tuning in, I want to thank you for tuning in next week, because I know you will, yeah. because this podcast is addictive. Yeah. Thank you, Zach, for tuning in. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real though, happy Valentine's Day to everyone yeah. watching. Um, happy Tuesday if you watch this afterwards. If you had a great Valentine's Day, um, and nevertheless, we wish you all the luck in the world. Yeah. Yeah, I've said too much. Goodbye yeah. now. Thank Good you so much. Good night, San Diego. <laughs> <laughs>